This is the Hertz Report with Jason White for September 11th. Uh, no. September 12th. No. Monday, September 12th. Well, actually, it'll be released on September 12th, but... You, know, you want to know the best thing? You want to know why this is such a badass show we're doing here? Why is that, Jason? Take, take one guess. Why this is this a badass show we're doing here? Because we're going to talk about Super Croc? No, no, that's a horrible guess. What would make you think that? I don't know. This is such a badass show because when this show comes out on Monday, September 12th, I will be turning 33 years old. You will? Exactly, on Monday, exactly. No way. I did not realize that until I just caught your wrong date and looked at the calendar and said, oh shit. Are you, really? Yeah. So Mr. Jason White is turning 33 on September the 12th. Yeah. 2011. Well, is it 2011 already? Yes, it is. The world is ending. This is true. Next year, it's all over. <laughs> hey, John, I gotta, are we recording? Yes, we are. We're totally recording. Awesome. I got a good story for you here. Fan-freaking-tastic. Um, I was driving to my dad's house today. I was supposed to drop my son off. He wasn't feeling good. He was going to stay the night over there. Wasn't okay. feeling good, so I ended up bringing him home anyway. But we were driving over there today. And out of nowhere, out in the middle of the countryside, in the middle of nowhere, he just comes out and says, I wonder how the world's going to end. Wow. And, yeah, <laughs> okay. You know, he's an eight-year-old boy. He's going to be nine in December. And, and I, you know, this kind of caught me off guard. And trying to be an optimist, I told him, I said, well, you know, Nicholas, I don't I don't think it's going to. I think that we're going to be able to fix things. We just need to, we need to work on it, you know? Right. And came out of his mouth next, almost made me jump out of the truck. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding you. He looks at me and he says, Well, we're going to have to try something different because this isn't working. <laughs> I, believe it. I don't know who the hell he's been talking to or what his teacher's name is. <laughs> they need a raise. I th- no, I think, I, think, I think the teacher's name is Dad. <laughs> uh, I don't talk to him about the world ending. Well, no, but just, you know, in normal conversations, I mean, he, you know. Your kids are smart, man. They're not, like, you know... Well, you know, because the world's going to end when the super croc comes over to America and eats all of us. Dude, totally! Because you know that bad boy, dude, 21 feet and, 100, and one ton? Dude, that bad boy can swim oceans. <laughs> I have no doubt that he has. <laughs> I think it has, too. Oh, man. Talk about prehistoric creatures, man. That's just insane, bro. 21 feet, and literally, what was it? I think you said 2,200 pounds? 2,200 pounds, one ton. Dude, that's over a ton. That is... And it's in the Philippines. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now, granted, I mean, the Philippines are, are, you know, a conglomeration of archipelagos, islands, whatever you want to call it. But to have this animal... At 21 feet, cruising down a river, you know, I mean, that, man, that where is... is it, where has it hit at for the last 1,500 years? <laughs> That's what I'm saying, dude. Has he been cruising between islands eating monkeys or what? I don't think he's been eating, I think he's been eating 
I think he's been eating at McDonald's, to tell you the truth. <laughs> that could explain why he got to 2,000 pounds so quick, because he's been eating at McDonald's again. You know, there's there's a video on uh, Daily Reptile News website. You, you look at all these pictures of him, and on uh, sometime when we're done here, you should go look at this video, because, I mean, these pictures are pretty impressive, but the video is them of them actually dragging him out of the water and up onto the truck. Yeah, dude, and, I've um, seen that. I saw that video. When you start seeing, there's a person in there that grabs one of its one of its paws or, or feet, and uh, right, right, it's impressive when you look at the. I mean, yeah, these are Asians; they they're, they're little anyway. But it's impressive when you see the size of this animal's feet compared to this person's hand. Yeah, and you know, totally being anal retentive here because my wife is Filipino. They're not Asians; they're Pacific Islanders. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like I said, totally an right. anal retentive thing, but it just it, it's just an offensive thing to them when you call them Asians. They're Pacific Islanders. <laughs> but on that note, John, were you not witness to a conversation earlier? My wife's a Chilean, but she's Mexican. This is true. This is true. This is true. I I and must that's admit a very, that's a very big insult to them too. <laughs> is it really? Wow. Okay. It is very much. Okay, so I won't ever call your wife a Mexican. <laughs> I have a very good friend from Peru, and when he first came over to my house and met my wife, uh, they're both clearly Hispanics. Right. And um, he asked her where she was from, and she said she was from Chile. And he just kind of stood back and said, oh, my enemy. Wow, I, really? You know, I had I, I I wasn't thinking I was like what what is that and he proceeded to tell me about the Peruvian and Chilean war that went on years ago over the Andes. It's a pretty good history I learned there about how those two uh, nations were previously you know friendly now but previously uh, hated each other very much. Really, I had um, never known. I did not know either. Wow. So that means in October when I come up, your wife is going to give me a history lesson on this, right? Uh, that's possible. <laughs> but, it's, it would be more like her to just make fun of how you look or something, you know, that's... That's awesome. Yeah, so I wouldn't worry about too much history. Alright, sweet. At least you'll make fun of how I look. That's, that's cool. I'm good with that. Because chicks hate me, so I'm good. <laughs> yeah. So I'm totally used to that. And, spe and speaking of, uh, speaking of chicks hate me, um, uh, the ugly toad. I mean, what's up with that, dude? <laughs> the ugly toad. The ugly toad. Why would you call it ugly? Oh, wait a minute. That's because I did. <laughs> it's on the IUCN red list, which, for those that are not aware, the red list is not actually endangered, but it's really super close. It's like borderline endangered, which, how you get borderline endangered or not endangered, it's like, really, is there really a difference? <laughs> <laughs> um, it depends on who's writing the checks. <laughs> I think so, and that and that actually was what brought up your uh, wife being from Chile is because yes. this toad was found in Chile and hasn't been seen since two thousand five. Hasn't been seen since two thousand five. And they and they just randomly, well, maybe not randomly, but they just saw it recently, and uh, uh, and and you know one bit of optimism is this was an expedition uh, uh, of scientists that, that found this. This wasn't just some people all the gagging around the forest. That's awesome, dude. 
And, and as far as the report goes, they are looking into using the same techniques to protect this toad as they have other frogs and toads. Was that correct? Was that correct? Yes, exactly. Okay, very cool. Now, jumping back to the whole alligator crocodile thing, our friend, let's call him Alvin. Alvin. Alvin the alligator. Alvin the alligator is dead. Really? Uh, well, you're speaking of the So he got shot in the eye, survived. For the listeners that didn't hear from last week, a 90-year-old woman was attacked, ended up losing uh, part of one of her legs below the knee. Uh, the attack was witnessed. The man grabbed a 22 caliber gun from his truck and shot the alligator in the eye. Uh, it was presumed instant death was followed. Uh, Fish and Wildlife Service in Florida were not even going to bother looking for the animal because it was dead. Uh... We spoke about this last week on how immature it is to shoot an animal and not know that it's dead. And it's a very unfortunate turn of events. The alligator was found. Not only was it found, it was found in the same spot in the canal where the attack happened last week. Bullet wound on it in its head. Uh, they didn't specify whether they found the bullet wound right and said, but they did find a bullet wound in its head, and they said they believe on Monday it looks like it was run over by a car as well. So Wow, yeah. so basically it got sh- from, the, from the report, we can presume that the alligator was shot in the head, mm-hmm. went off for who knows what amount of time. A whole weekend. A whole weekend, okay. Then, then wanders onto the road and gets run over. Yeah, that's wow. That's just awesome. Eventually, returning to the same spot where it was shot in the head to be collected by fish and wildlife officers and taken to be euthanized. So even getting running run over, even getting shot and run over, didn't kill it. It wandered back to the same spot and then dies. No, uh, it didn't even die then because it had to be euthanized. It, yes, it was. It was found alive in the same spot. Wow. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, way to go, guys. Thanks. What, what can you say? You know what? What can you say? It's just. Uh, I'm okay, the same thing we said last week. Number one, it's not her canal. Mm-hmm. Number two. Two. <coughs> her dog got eaten. What? A couple of years ago or something like that, I think it said. Yeah. In one report, it said that her dog was taken by an alligator. Not necessarily the same alligator. I Granted, I understand that. Oh, wow, John. But your dog got taken by an alligator a number of years ago. You're walking along the same canal. Now, if you're walking that close, because I've seen alligators attack from the water. It's not like they jump out 20 feet to go get something. No, they'll jump a few feet. They'll jump like three or four feet. Exactly. I've never... Now, Chris Law can answer this better than I can, but personally, I have never seen a crocodile jump more than three feet out of the water to grab something off the land. Well, normally when you hear them coming out of the water, you know, they're... They're, to an extent, they're opportunistic predators, and when they have, like, uh, wild pigs or animals that come down for a drink, they right. jump and, and whack them right there at the side of the water. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 
So you have to assume that this woman was in very close proximity. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's what I'm presuming as well. And, and there's no um, specifics. You know, nothing says exactly where she was. Um, no, it I, doesn't. I do, as a matter of fact. I just uncovered a picture of this alligator after it was captured by fish and wildlife officers. Oh, really? Yes, there's a very clear entry wound just forward and above its right eye, an exit wound just below its right eye. Hmm. So you can see this thing clearly has been shot in a direct quote from NBC. Wildlife officers say the alligator had a bullet wound in its head during its capture and may have been hit by a car Monday morning. The gator will be euthanized. Uh, Webb, the woman that was, uh, Mrs. Webb, the woman that was bitten, is still in uh, the hospital in serious condition. Yeah, no, don't get me wrong. You know, my prayers and thoughts go out to Mrs. Webb, or Miss Webb, whatever, you know, I don't know if she's married or not, but, you know, she is, she is, for all intents and purposes, a victim. I got that. My thoughts and prayers go out to her. I'm not, you know, discounting that, you know, I'm not saying that she's a bad person or whatever. However, being in that close proximity, I think you should be aware of of your surroundings. It, it was a brainless act. It really was. You know, that's you know, but that's my personal opinion. And oh man, <laughs> I, I I just speaking I, of brainless acts, just like you say, it's an, it, it's very unfortunate. Um, right. My, my opinion of last week was this was unfortunate for both sides, both wildlife and people. Um, yeah. But you look at the, this is not even an unfortunate, this is unfortunate for her, but this is just downright stupid. What I, I mean, to th even though, you know, we all know that reptiles don't feel pain like you and I would, but... Yeah, I don't. I don't know that. Well, you just imagine being shot in the head left to wander around all weekend, get hit by a car, then they finally find you and stick a needle in you and put you to sleep. Well, see, but that's the thing where you and I would disagree. Because, you know, someone once told me that the reason they were they were a quote-unquote vegetarian was because fish didn't feel pain. Now, well, now, my contention to this was, well, when I stick a hook in a fish's mouth, he's trying to get away. Now, whether that's because he feels like he's been hooked, or because he, you know, because if you let a fish run, it'll run forever until it wires out. You know, so as far as reptiles not feeling pain like you and I do personally, I don't know. I'm not, you know, I, I would not be willing, I would not be prepared to state that as a fact. Well, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm not, my, my only opinion comes from just, uh, you know, hearing of opinions that they don't, they don't necessarily feel pain. They, I mean, they still feel pain, but it's not the same kind of pain that you, you know, if you stick a hook in, in your mouth, it's going to feel different than, than it will to the fish. Right. So it's, it's, you know, and that's the thing. And that's the thing is because, you know, one, another subject we, you and I have talked about, Jason, is... You know, on the occasions that we have, you know, and this is prior to what we're doing now, on the occasions we fed live uh, live food to reptiles, we I think you and I both have had occasions where the rodent has started chewing on the reptile. Uh -huh. 
and the reptile didn't do anything. And it's like, are you sick? How is that possible? Well, I, I got a good one for you. I um, Really? Okay, because if you have an explanation for this, I'd love to hear it. Well, I have somewhat of an explanation because I lived through this and my parents actually paid the $3,000 vet bill. I once had a Burmese python. Right. And I had a rosy bud that had that I left a mouse in there for no, 24 no. hours. The most important thing for everybody to understand here is my Burmese python's a lot bigger than your rosy boa. <laughs> and yes, that's a joke. <laughs> a dirty one. And, uh, oh, 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 man, that was harsh. Okay. <laughs> I've owned a Burmese python that was 18 feet, though. Yeah, and it weighs like 200 pounds. You ought to see it. It's really... It was. It was. It was huge. Um, so anyway, I had, I had a uh, real quickly. I had a rosy boa, left it in there with the mouse for 24 hours, a live mouse, mind you, for 24 hours. The mouse chewed up the freaking tail to like no end. Rosy boa never killed it for whatever reason. I don't know. I have your reason. Okay, fantastic. Please and tell me. Do you not mind hearing about my Burmese python though? No, totally. Tell me about your Burmese python. Because it was much larger than my rosy boa, so I want to hear this. It was maybe. Okay. In all seriousness, um, I was uh, oh, probably 15 years old, and I was very used to, I would throw live prey in with a snake, and it would eat it, and no problem. And a lot of times, I had a lot of kids' stuff to do. I'd, I'd throw rats in there and leave. Okay. And one time, I was going out of town, and I set up for a neighbor who... A friend of mine, his mother was going to keep an eye on my snake. He had the brother to my Burmese python. Uh, so, she, you know, very well versed in their care, knew everything about them. And, but we told her, don't worry about feeding. We're putting food in there. It'll be fine. Just check the water and make sure everything's all good while we're out of town. Uh, I threw six rats in this cage, not full grown, medium size, oh... I don't know, 12-inch tail at all, okay? Gotcha. Okay. We left town. Uh, we get a phone call a couple days later. Uh, my parents did, and my parents told me the snake had died, that a rat had chewed up the snake. And, wow. Um, so, okay, whatever. Um, I wasn't that happy, but again, I was a kid, so I wasn't faced too much. Um I later came to find out a few weeks after we returned, my parents told me that the snake was still alive, but, you know, they lied to me because they didn't want me to see what the snake was going through. Oh, and, wow. Um, once everything was said and done, we're having meetings with the vet and everything, and the vet told me, here's what happened, what he believes happened to the snake. Yes. He believes, um, which happens in many cases when snakes are bitten by rodents in captivity in the same situation, that the mouse or the rodent goes for the highest point on, on the snake's back down its spine and he believes that the very first bite had a paralyzing effect to the snake um, he believes the snake probably felt a little pinch and felt nothing after that which is why it just sat there and let the rats start eating on him for the next week wow so yeah, that was that, and, uh, you know, for everybody that hates me right now, the snake lived, and um, actually the last time I heard from it, it, I actually gave it to the San Francisco Zoo, and it should still be there on display, so uh, 
yeah, good times. But um, that, that, that's my understanding on why a lot of that stuff happens. Because, you know, when you look at the anatomy of a snake, you've got a lot of backbone there. And very similar to how injuries on you and I, back and neck injuries can really affect right. us. Oh, totally. Paralysis. Same thing as a snake. Uh, one paralyzing bite on the back, and the snake can still move, it can still do everything, but it can't feel what's going on down there. Interesting. So it lays there. Yeah, it just lays there and gets eaten. So um, maybe not in all cases. Maybe it's a fact that they don't feel pain like we do, like we were talking about. Right. Um, it's, it's well, you know, something that just came to mind when you were talking about that, Jason, is the possibility of the sensitivity of the nerve endings. You know, like when when humans get frostbite, the extremities get frostbite first. Yeah. Because they're farther away from the body. It, and like I said, I'm not a veterinarian, so you know, this is just a completely off the wall theory. Maybe the nerve endings deaden the farther away they get from the head. Maybe, maybe. Because if you look at it, you know. Alligator lizards, Algaria species, they drop their tails. Uh-huh. You know, maybe snakes, it's the same way. Maybe that's a carryover from the lizard, from when they evolved into snakes, from lizards, is, you know, the last, who knows, maybe third of the tail, half of the tail, quarter of the tail, who knows. Well, now, have you ever seen a lizard lose its tail, John? Oh, yeah, countless times. Uh, well, I mean, to you and I, when we looked at it, that looks like a pretty damn traumatic injury. Totally, but it grows it back. And, and, and it doesn't appear to phase them the least bit. And that's what I'm saying. Maybe this is a carryover, you know, from lizards to snakes, is that maybe that last third or half of the body is completely immune? Because if you look at it, what do most snakes show when they're threatened? The tail. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that end of the animal is deadened in some way. Like I said, I'm not a vet. I'm just throwing stuff out there. But that's kind of an interesting thing that maybe, you know, might be researched at some point. Maybe it already has been researched. Who knows? I think we need to talk to some people about that. I think so. (laughs) And speaking of talking to people, um, yeah, went to the Anaheim show. Or... Yeah, it was the Anaheim show, NARBC. Uh-huh. Yeah, nothing exciting. Nothing really. Yeah, no. Huh. I, you know, I, I'm feeling a little weird about this year's show up here. I was getting. That's why I brought that up because I wanted to ask you about the October show. Am I going to be impressed or am I going to be just like uh, hanging out with Jason White and his wife? Well, well, actually, both are impressive, but you on, know. Come on, are you going to do me like that? <laughs> <laughs> God. You know, all that stuff I said about the rental earlier, you can forget it now. <laughs> Great, there went my rental agreement with Jason White. Damn it! Um, no, it, you know, to be honest, I, I, was, uh, I, was, I was there for both days of the show last year, and my mouth was on the floor. Um, dirty minds can go to hell when they hear that, but... Uh, oh, yeah, whatever. I, I was in awe the whole time. It was, you know, 80,000 square feet of scales. Well, you know, and that's one thing I want, and I don't mean to interrupt you, Jason, but this is one thing that I, that myself and the individual that I went with noticed. This Anaheim show was a lot smaller than the last one. Uh 
a lot smaller, and it was obviously smaller because you because I remember you telling me that this October show, well, I'm sorry, not the not the October show coming up, the last Sacramento show that you went to was eighty thousand square feet, and I'm thinking to myself like, wow, this is like as big as San Diego. This is huge. Yeah, it's uh, well, okay. Let me. Uh... So, are they planning the same square footage? Are they? Well, let let I mean, me I'm... give you. A quick rundown. Okay, go ahead. Um, I'm reading directly off their website here. Great outlook for 2011. The 2010 Sacramento Reptile Show was our best year yet. We had a crowd of more than 13,000 people, 100 vendors on hand, displaying over 3,000 reptiles. Everything from a 9-foot alligator to amazing chameleons were on display. The 2011 show promises to be even better. Increase the size of the show so we can bring more amazing reptiles to you. We've invited numerous new educators that will be able to offer hands-on opportunities and answer all of your reptile questions. Izod, the alligator, that's their uh, their alligator. They have Izod, okay. Yes, that the kids can go touch and everything. We'll be back to Really? Yeah, they, they have a thing where the kids can go touch it and... Uh, um, Handler sits there and holds its head, and the kids can run their hands down its back and take. Wow, dude, it. that. Uh, no, no charge either. By the way, he just what? A, he has an alligator sprawled across this uh, six-foot cafeteria table, and he's holding its head, and everybody gets in a line and gets to touch it. Um, we'll be back to entertain the crowd. Brad's Reptile World will be creating a three thousand square foot reptile education center. Um, a 3,000 square foot reptile education center. Yes, and last year Whoa. they had uh, several, they had American alligators, they had a uh, uh, a really neat parrot that was sitting on top of this fake tree the whole time, and I thought it was fake until it started talking to me, John. It scared the hell out of me. <laughs> I thought it was fake, and then I walked past it, and it started talking to me. Oh, I didn't. The guy that was there said they get that every time. He says that damn parrot will sit there for six hours and not move a muscle. Then all of a sudden he'll say hi to somebody. <laughs> that is awesome. Um, they had anacondas. They had cotton mouths. They uh, rattlesnakes uh, in this education center. On uh, really, I, I, wow. Like uh, last year, eighty thousand square feet. It says right here, hundred vendors, thirteen thousand people, and over three thousand reptiles. And this year. They don't have statistics, but they say it's going to be better. I'm really looking forward to the Sacramento show, man. Because I know a couple of my friends are supposed to be there. Um, Brittany Gujan from uh, Pack Herp Reptiles. Did you say you had friends? Well, more than one. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that they're my quote unquote friends. It's people that I'm associated with that maybe considered, you know. I may may have talked to you more than once, <laughs> but uh, Brittany Gujan, uh, from actually she's on uh, the reptile living room. Uh, she's the one that was talking about bringing sexy back to geckos because she definitely has. And Marsha McGinnis, who is also known as Golden Gate Geckos, I think both of those individuals are going to be there. Uh, Golden Gate Geckos was there last year. I talked to him last year. Did you really? Okay, so you know Marsha. Marsha did. Not, not personally, but I specifically remember seeing their big, colorful. I believe it was a picture of the Golden Gate Bridge. There you go. Yeah, I, I remember seeing that. Oh my gosh, dude! Trust and believe. You are going to meet Marsha 
And her husband this week? Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know who else was there last year that's supposed to be there that is a very impressive group of people is the Arizona Herpetological Society. They, they were there last year, and it was, uh, I was very impressed at the age of a lot of these people, they, they, a lot of elderly people. Are you calling me old now, Jason? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we all get old. But, but I, I'm amazed because of that. And, and one thing that, you know, the, the, the one thing I took from this last um, I went to up here is you, there's people from every walk of life you can think of. Lawyers, they're uh, shopping for snakes. You see people with mohawks, you'd be scared to death to run into them in the sh- street, you know. And, you know, just seeing all of these people from all these different walks of life come together, 13,000 people in, uh, okay, right here, 85,000 square foot building that's packed, wall-to-wall packed, you know, it's just, it's amazing. Um, So, now, just, not to interrupt you, but just right there, so we have an 85,000 square foot building, and it's actually, you're saying, well, the last time you attended was wall-to-wall. There was no, like, oh, we're cutting it off at, like, 4,000 square feet. No, 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 no. This, they had tables going from one wall to the other. Okay. The other so, and the only reason I asked that, Jason, is because a couple of the shows that I may have recently attended, yeah, great, huge space, but curtains up, you know, to say, yeah, okay... You know, we're cutting this down to like half the size of what the actual building is. I'm going to try to find you something right now. Oh, cool. Would this be a link to the actual, maybe some photographs of the uh, actual last show? Oh, come on, John. You know me better than that. This is a link to video from the last show. Video? That's what I'm talking about. I'm a video person. I got a whole bunch of videos here. Okay, I'm going to send you this link here. This was uh, this was me talking with Andrew Wyatt at the last show. Andrew Wyatt, I know that gentleman. I haven't heard. I sent him a message. I haven't heard if he's going to be there yet. He's he's a not, I well, as far as I know, he is because I haven't heard any different. Um, well, that's from what I understand. He does a lot of traveling around shows. That, you know, I know a lot of people have opinions about him, but he seems like a pretty smart son of a bitch to me. People have opinions about him. I didn't think anybody had an opinion of him that was outside of, you know, being... Well, I've, heard, I, I've heard things, you know, so... Yeah, so you know, they can all piss off, because I, you know... Yeah. <laughs> Okay, at the, at the upper corner of that video, there should be an annotation that says next. A, it's an eight-part video series of the show that shows the alligator and all that good stuff. That should give you some sort of uh, insight of um, what the show was like last year, and they're saying that it's going to be better this year. All right, that's awesome, dude. So now we have actual video linkage from Mr. Jason White of the Daily Reptile News to last year's Sacramento Reptile Expo. I will actually link that in the show notes so you guys can actually check this out because it's Andrew Wyatt talking about, you know, what U.S. Arc is, the whole nine yards. Everybody needs to be nice because I just started filming when I did this and it's not the prettiest footage in the world. You know what? Nobody needs to be nice. They need to just suck it up and understand, look, this is how it rolls. 
This is what happens when you start shit. Yeah, okay, I got I got an idea for you. You try to hold a camera when you're looking at a six foot long alligator. Yeah, I'm okay with that. <laughs> oh jeez. I took way too much footage of this guy that was doing the alligator show. That's awesome. Black throat monitor. Okay, so now um looking forward to next week. Do we have anything at all that we know of other than Daily Reptile News is going to keep being awesome and, you know, doing um, way cool stuff? Well, well there, there, there was a very short announcement that I that I made today. I, I actually filmed today. I was supposed to film it yesterday, but it didn't happen. Okay, but um, you're not releasing any, like, 27-foot crocodiles into the Ohio River or anything, right? Shh, shh, shh. Damn it. Don't oh. tell me. God, Jesus. Shit. Tell me. They're going to come right to my house now, John. Damn you know, it! You know, I live in Ohio. <laughs> um, no, a- actually, John, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm very unhappy with, uh, with this new schedule. Yeah? So I talked today a little bit that, um, you know, I, 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 I don't know what... i, I got to be careful because I don't want to do something and, and not be able to deliver, you know? Totally, but totally. I, I'm really wanting to go back to where where uh, the other reptile news was at uh, filming three days a week because this one day a week just sucks. It's uh, you know, they, I, I mean, this is this is what I do, but this started out. This is a hobby. This is a passion of mine, and by doing it one day a week, I'm taking away from something I love to do, and it almost feels like punishing myself doing that. Okay. Um, which is completely contradictory to what I said. Exactly. And now your viewers know why I drink so much. Um, <laughs> but it, 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 it's just, it's one of those things, you know, it, there, there comes a point in time where when you're trying to make certain business decisions where you have to decide, you know, I don't care if this is good or not, it's just not the way it's going to work. And um, I, I think that's kind of, a, we're kind of at a stalemate right there now. I don't know if I'm going to start, if I'm going to film a Monday show and go right, jump back into three days a week. But kind of what I was getting at today is that's something I really want to look into doing because for the last two weeks I've done the one day a week thing and I'm, I'm very unhappy with it. So you may be uh, recording more often? Maybe not? Have uh, to wait. I, I, I may be... I have several hurdles that I have to jump through, but um, there may be a hell of a lot more filming. And we're actually... Um, working on incorporating so, some more uh, information and education into things and not okay. necessarily moving away from the news aspect, but we want to do things. A very good example, I'm building a, oh, it's like a six foot wide, eight foot tall, thousand pound reptile uh, display furniture quality for my living room. Really? And um, I, I, I plan on a whole like build video series thing of that. So awesome! Uh, you want to start moving into more stuff like that. Something that's going to promote uh, some more community engagement, and um, you know, not just talking about the the current events of the world, but actually, uh, you know, a firsthand look into the you know the hobby and what. That's it's the like. daily interaction of reptiles with you. Pretty much, yeah. All right. I mean, there, there's a ton of ideas, and yeah. I, I'd like. To do them all, but it's just it's just time. So, what do you think time. about opening this? And this is totally up to you, of course, as always. What do you think about opening this up to uh, listener reviews? Um, like feedback on the ideas. Yeah, totally. 
That could be dangerous. That could be dangerous, but I think it could also be really fun. Uh, John, you know me. I love you know anybody that that listens to you, listens to me, watches me. I love hearing from people. Um, totally, that's why I brought it up, dude. Because I'm like, dude, damn, this sounds like really cool. Whether it be Preston saying he loves the show or Raymond Hoser calling me a a, 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 um, a troll, I think was the actual term that was used. I believe so. I love hearing from people. Exactly. I, I, I would love nothing more than to hear uh, listener um, suggestions on these ideas. So there you go, guys. Straight from Jason White's mouth. <laughs> I almost said the horse, but I rephrased it. <laughs> there you go, folks. Straight from the Jason White's mouth of the Daily Reptile Amphibian News. What do you think of the new schedule? He, do you want him to continue? Should we? Should he do the Daily Reptile Amphibian News three times a week, once a week? And Here, here's here's the thing, John. If I can interrupt you for a second. Yeah, totally, dude. Spit it out. Uh, um, you know, we talked about the whole edge of the seat thing last week. Yeah, totally. All right, hang on one second. I'll be right back. <laughs> Bastard! Did it to me again. Are you still hanging on the edge of your seat? Because I know I am. Freaking Jason White, dude, every single time gets us going. No, really, Jason, I'm still at the edge of my seat, and so is the audience. Come on. <laughs> Shut up, John. <laughs> okay. okay, I just had to order another drink. All right, sweet. Um, here, here, here's, here's the thing, John, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 Daily Reptile News used to be a five-day-a-week thing. That's um, brutal. It is and I speak from experience. I've... I've done podcasting for a year now, and, you know, mine was only a weekly show, so doing it five days a week, you're insane. I, I did it for quite a while, five days a week, it's very hard, but it was very fun, it was an awesome experience, I'd love nothing more to do it five days a week, but you, we run into shoot that if you're going to, the same thing you do, if you're going to record something, if I'm going to film something, if you're going to do it X many times a week. You need people to watch it, want it, X many times a week. Right. Um, otherwise, you're just blowing smoke. And, and I mean, th- that's the biggest thing. I want nothing more than, you know, to do this 20 hours a day, five days a week. I've done it before. I'd love to do it again. But you need that backing. You need that support from the people um, to do that. So, you know, this one day a week or three day a week thing, the, the, these are two options that, that we played with. But right. we're also all for the five-day-a-week thing, too. Um, it just depends on whether there's enough involvement and backing behind it to, to be able to justify um, that kind of work. So, yeah. So what can people do to show their support other than you listen know, to the show? Well, I, I've just always said, you know, it, it, it's really, one of the big things that, that I promote personally is... Um, you know, community, the community coming together as, as one voice, you know, and, and community involvement. Um, right. You know, when, pe- when people just participate, whether it be through the rating systems or actively participate with uh, responding via videos or text or anything, um, it goes a long ways. And, and basically what I do almost every day is I'll get up in the morning and I'll search to find out what everybody said about me the night before. And... The more, it's not even a matter of good or bad. The more you see 
the better it is. Um, even if it's all bad, that means you want to start pumping out more content because there's actually people hearing it out there and responding to it negatively. Um, yeah. Good is always good, but, but that's basically the way I judge how the schedule goes is depending on what, what I'm hearing other people say. So, you know, it's, it's like I tell everybody. So basically just people, you know, commenting on the show and what they like, what they don't like, you know, that kind of... <laughs> uh, turns the tide for the show, really. I mean, if, if, if you want to see it, say it. Yeah, you know? totally. It's like, you know, if you want to see it, say you want to see it. Uh, share it on one of the social networks or whatever. Uh, take part in that community involvement. You know, we, we do have a, a forum system, a classified... I was going to say, you guys have a huge forum system, right? That, you know... It's, it's always growing. There's a lot of people that have been using it, and it, it's amazing every day when I check the registration statistics and see how many people the night before. And, you know, the, this is our, our reptile community has a, a really bad pastime of... Uh, would bigotry be the right word for it? Um, I... You know, we, we, we turn away a lot of younger people just by being know-it-alls and smart-asses. And, uh, yeah, dude, that's... Stuff. Yeah, and, that's something we're covering this week in uh, mm-hmm. in uh, one of my uh, articles, I guess I should say. Well, I, I mean, I, I we are 100% against that, and I, I have Yeah, never, totally. I've never, ever, one time... At least through the community involvement that I personally control through our forum system and stuff, I've never seen one time anybody say anything bad about anything or anyone to, in that nature. You know, so it, it's that—that's a big thing. It, it's you know, and it, it's exactly what I want because we need to um, we need to just stand up as a community as one voice if we um, are going to hope that we can uh, continue doing things the way we do as long as we, you know, a community divided is a community dead. Oh, totally. Yeah, I totally agree with that. 100%. Alrighty, so there you have it. That was Jason White with the uh, Herb Report on the Reptile Living Room. We look forward to seeing you next week when uh, Jason finally figures out his damn schedule and tells us what he's doing for the rest of his life. And uh, whether he's buying the house, whether he's not buying the house, because, you know, I want to move in with Jason White and hang out. And then after I move in with Jason White and start hanging out with him and his wife, then we're all moving to over to England to work with Gary Rolfe um, over in the U.K. with Jason White's three kids. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, no. (laughs) Is it legal to internationally travel with Mexican? I think it should be. Should be. What about a Filipino? Now, 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 John, I gotta ask you, did you see the garage on that house? Yeah, I saw it. Do you have any idea how large? I'm gonna have about an 800 square foot snake room. Nice, dude, I'm down. As long as I only need a 6 foot by 3 foot cot, I'm good. Well, we got a storage shed we can put out back. (laughs) There we go, dude, I'm done. I'm sold. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I mean, with five bedrooms and a big-ass garage like that, I, 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 can see, uh, I can see a few monitors, and I was actually talking about a dwarf Cayman this morning. Ooh, really? Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. I, I did, 
I don't know where I heard the name Dwarf. I heard it from somewhere, and I I was looking it up, and I did a little bit of reading and stuff, and I thought, oh my god, I'd love to have one of those. Yeah, no, it'd be good. It'd be cool. It'd definitely be cool. But uh, until they eat one of the kids, then that'd be bad. Well, you know, that's the, I, I, I would get a female, and um, according to uh, the most common answers to size that I saw, that the, you know the females are going to be about four feet. So, um, yeah, okay. maybe, just take, maybe just take one of the kids' limbs, not the whole kid. Well, if it's just a limb, then f them. You know, John, the camion's got to eat, too. Exactly, dude, totally. If it's just so, taking a limb, dude, hey, you know what? There's only so many furry <laughs> Because somebody asked today on Twitter, they made, now this was their mistake, not mine. They asked, what do you feed your reptiles? My immediate reply was, slow neighborhood children. <laughs> Hey, they asked. I just, you know, threw it out there what my my information would be. Slow neighborhood children. Oh, Lord. <laughs> All right, folks. So there you have it. That was the Herb Report with Jason White. <laughs> We're not going to let Jason respond to what he feeds his reptiles. <laughs> um, before you go, I have got to say, and I, I'm actually, John, this is very serious, I'm legally bound to say this, Uh-oh. that um, the statement acts on this show are not necessarily <laughs> about news, any of its employees, sponsors, or co-creators. Um, you know, the, um, John F. Taylor is directly responsible for... Uh, <laughs> Anything you know, that's said on this show, any of its sponsors, or any of its co-creators, I am completely 100% responsible. And now we know why Nike won't touch me with a 10-foot... <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And so there you have it. That was the Herp Report with Jason White, and we look forward to seeing your uh, comments and we're all in the show notes, and we're reporting you next week. Tune to the hotel room and Herp Report with Jason White.